Okay, so we're at the beginning of a new year, and um, at the beginning of years, it's sort of traditional, isn't it, to uh, make a new year's resolution or to have a rethink about where you're at and where you want to go. And so as we start this year as a community of people together, it's good for us um, to start by thinking, okay, um, what does life look like uh, following Jesus? What does life look like following Jesus? And the title that we've chosen for today is Redeeming the Time. And that's kind of going to be a title for our whole year of 2018, um, Redeeming the Time. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about what that means this morning. And we'll be sort of revisiting it as as we journey together through this year. So first off, I was thinking about the word redeem. Um, and it says, if you just look at the top, gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. Um, and rather than just thinking about money, the payment could be many things. It could be money, it could be time, it could be effort, it could be energy. Uh, but to redeem, to gain or regain possession of. And when I was thinking about that word, I was thinking um, in the Inner Avenue, there's a residence association the Inner Avenue Residents Association. And uh, as I was up there the other day, I noticed how they are redeeming that area. You know, the area had become quite run down. There's a lot of rental properties. There's no one really uh, taking much pride in the area. But those that live there want to. And so if you, as you walk around, you find gardens that have been planted by the Residents Association. And in it, And in that way, they're redeeming that space again. So wherever you go, you'll find beautiful flowers have been planted. There was kind of a bit of rubble, but they've made it into a beautiful garden. Um, On the walls, they've got murals that have now been painted about the history of the area. And it's a really great example of redemption, of uh, bringing back, breaking good out of something that's kind of not so good. The greatest example, of course, for us as redemption is Jesus' redemption of us, redeeming us. He's rescued us. But he's taken possession back of us from death and pain, um, from darkness. But as we know, salvation is more than just the kind of spiritual salvation. It's um, God's plan is to redeem everything to bring redemption to the whole world, including, just like the Residents Association, the gardens that we see, to make it a good plan. His plan is global redemption. And for 2018, as a community, we're looking at this idea of redeeming the time. And the phrase comes from um, Ephesians chapter 5. And in the NIV, you've got it up there, it very simply translates it as make the most of every opportunity. So we're going to read that little bit of Ephesians now together. Um, So Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to read it from verse 8. And if you haven't yet found it, it's on 1,176. 1,176. 176. It's almost at the very end of the Bible. So starting at verse 8. <clears throat> For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. 
live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I'm going to stop there. So that is our passage for this morning. So make the most of every opportunity. It comes in the middle of Paul talking to the Ephesian church and talking to us about God's life-changing love and power. The difference between people who've experienced that and those that have not experienced it yet. He describes those who follow Jesus as living in the light and that those who are not following Jesus yet as living in darkness. The Holy Spirit and God's word are like the light that shines in us. We Christians, we see things differently because of our faith, things in ourselves. We have a different perspective on ourselves, probably to those who are looking in. We've got a different perspective about others. We've got a different perspective on the world. It's a bit similar to living your whole life in a room that's very dimly lit. There is some light in there, but you can hardly see anything. And then the curtains are ripped open and that morning sun that we experience, that comes streaming through the windows, that's blinding and almost painful to look at at first, comes in and brings that warmth and that joy and also exposes everything in the room around you. So you can see clearly in a way that you couldn't see before. Paul writes, because of this, and he writes it four times in this short passage. Verse 8, live as children of the light. And that word live is walk. So walk the walk as children of the light. Verse 10, find out what pleases the Lord. Go and do it. Find out. Verse 15, Be very careful how you live. Interesting, isn't it? Be very careful. And 17, understand what God wants you to do. It's like saying, you know, we imagine a person who's been making a journey their whole life and it's been treacherous and difficult and painful 
and there's many wounds involved. But suddenly, instead of doing this journey in the dark, they do it in the light. And there next to them is a bridge that they could walk across. Paul's saying, you know, live as someone in the light. Here is the bridge. Don't continue to walk the journey the same as you've always done because, well, that's how I've always done it. We are to live as people in the light. As believers, the blinkers are completely off. We know the truth. When we look at the world, we see that it's broken and we understand why it's broken. We look at the world and we think about how this will be solved and we have the hope of Christ in our hearts. We know that Jesus is the answer. We know that we don't have to follow a certain path just because everyone else is. We can take the bridge because we are now in the light. There's um, a Christian community that I visit once every two once every two months, and I go there for a retreat day. And on the wall, they have a beautiful painting, and this is not it. But that's the basis of what it says. And it says, how then shall we live? And you can see in it the repetition, how then shall we live? And it's an invitation, isn't it, to meditate while you're there, retreating from the world To think, how then shall we live? To keep asking, in response to all that I know, my blinkers are off, the light is on, I'm not in the darkness, how then shall I live? Look at verse 15 to 17, and it's up on the screens. Paul writes, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Knowing what you know, live very carefully because the days are evil. The, um, the community of Hillsong, one of their songs talks about uh, being awake. And I just looked it up earlier. And the, the writer of the song writes this. Standing here in your presence, in a grace so relentless, I am won by perfect love. Wrapped within the arms of heaven, in a peace that lasts forever, Sinking deep in mercy's sea. And he writes, I'm wide awake, drawing close, stirred by grace, and all my heart is yours. All fear removed, I breathe you in, I lean into your love, oh your love. And that idea as Christians that we are wide awake, we know the love the hope, the plans, the blessings, the character of God. We're awake. Why would we not lean in to what God has for us? It's like um, if you're a fan of the Matrix, 
just like Neo, once he takes the pill, he's wide awake. He knows what's going on. He knows. He can't live the way he used to anymore. Things are so transformed and so different. Paul writes here, we need to be committed to looking. Paul writes, because the days are evil. And the root of this word is ponos. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation. Don't know Greek, but looked it up. Means pain. Because the days are painful. And as we look around the world, we can see the fruit of darkness is pain. If you're stumbling about in the darkness, it's painful. And we see it all the time and it's overwhelming. So we have to ask, how then shall we live? Verse 16, let's go to that one because that's our key. Making the most of every opportunity. Opportunity, it means season or time or favorable moment. So it's simply saying in the season you're in, whether that's childhood, teenager, student, employed, unemployed, whether you're retired, housed, homeless, whether you're sick or well, whether you're happy or sad, whether you're married, you're single, you're divorced, in the season, how will you make the most of the opportunities that you have in Christ? How will you make the most of this to live what you know, to see Christ redeem your moment in time. Redemption in your family, redemption in your habits, in your thoughts. We sang it on that song, didn't we? God in my living, God in my breathing, God in my working, God in my speaking. It's echoing what Paul's saying here. In every moment, every second of our time, how will we allow God to redeem that moment? And what would it look like in the place you're in to have it redeemed? I was thinking this morning, rather than thinking of the worst, think of the best bit of your life for a moment. The bit that gives you the most joy. And then understand that God still wants to redeem that. It's not enough. We can't even begin to imagine what God has in store for us. The joy that is there of all that he wants to do in that one aspect of your life. So how then shall we live? Making the most. Let me see this. Making the most of every opportunity. Making the most means to rescue from loss, to ransom, redeem. That's where our redeeming the time things comes from. To buy up at the marketplace, to take full advantage of, to seize the opportunity for future gain. And we get that sense in this passage of going all in and all out with Jesus to rescue this situation for future gain. I was thinking, it's a bit like, I know some people won't be happy with this, but it's a bit like a poker game and you're putting all your chips in on Jesus. All in, all out with him. There's no backup. There's no bit reserved. There's nothing you're holding back. You're all in. 
an all out for Jesus, to take full advantage, to seize the opportunity that you see in this moment of your life for Christ to come in and redeem it. You know, Jesus came to redeem everything, every aspect of our lives. In our, in, a, in one of our Alpha courses, we had a lady who was struggling particularly with family issues. And she's, you know, she's not saying it directly, but in a roundabout way, you know, can Jesus make a difference in my family? Can he do anything with this mess? And we're able to say, yes, yes, he can, because I'm going all out and all in. And I'm saying, Jesus is the answer. I can give you nothing else. I know that he can transform your family. And I'll tell you how he's done that in my family. We're going all in for Jesus. We can confidently do it. We know that his death has taken it all. And his resurrection is the promise that he will redeem it all. Jesus is the answer. And we need to be encouraging each other this year when we say, I just don't know what to do here. God can do it. Jesus is in the business of redemption. Jesus gives us examples of this when he's walking about and he sees the crowd in front of him. He has compassion on them because they're like a sheep without a shepherd. He comes to redeem the situation. The woman caught in adultery, he comes in that moment, in that time, where he finds himself to bring redemption to that situation, to kneel down and write in the sand and afterwards to say to her, neither do I, go and sin no more. He brings redemption wherever he goes. And when you can see the ways to redeem, rescue from loss, every moment, season and times of our lives, that's what we want to be doing, isn't it? We want to be saying, every aspect of my life, I want his redemption in it. You know, what is God showing you about what's wrong, what he longs to put right. It might be something in you. It might be something in the place you find yourself, in the school, in the workplace, in your family. What redemption does he want to bring? What is he longing to put right? And what are you willing to go all in with him for and say, I trust you with this area of my life? It might be a situation in the community or the city, something you see. Jim Elliott said, it's no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He's saying, I'm going to give everything. I'm pushing it all in with Jesus because it, the, the payout, the reward, the result is huge and I cannot lose cannot lose. All in and all out for Jesus. Verse 17, let's see if we can go back to that, <clears throat> says, don't be foolish. Don't act like you don't have the overall picture. That's what that verse means. Don't act in a way that shows that you don't know the truth. 
Don't continue to walk in the way you did like you don't know there's a big fat bridge sitting there. Understand what the master's will is. So we ask again, how then shall we live? And over the next two weeks, we're going to explore this further, very slowly. You know, that's right at the beginning of the year, isn't it? Take things slowly, take account, ask Jesus, how then shall I live? If we're to redeem our time, the last thing we want to do is think, oh, that means I'm going to rush around like a headless chicken for the coming year, shouting, Jesus loves you from the corner. It might But you need to know what your part is in this year. What is Jesus showing you? What's the light that he wants you to bring into those moments, this season of your life? Good or bad, wherever you find yourself, Jesus wants to redeem it. How will you redeem the time you have, the season you're in, the moments you're in, to bring the fruit of the light? So I just want very, I'm going to end, see it's very short today. But I want you to commit to writing somewhere the phrase, how then shall we live? I want you to write it on your phone or your screensaver, on your fridge, front of your toilet, whatever it is, your prayer room, if you've got one, your prayer chair. And just to be reflecting on that. How then shall we live? And it's going to be exciting. How will we live in response to what we now know? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, as a community, we come before you. And you've shown us what is good. You've shown us what's right. You've turned the light on and you've asked us to shine our lights. And Jesus, as we come to this year, we want to redeem the time. We want you in every moment, every thought, every deed, every action, in the place where you've put us, in the season that we find ourselves in. We just give it to you. Jesus, help us to go all in And all out for you. Help us to grow in our faith and trust of you this year.
And in the quiet, I just want to invite you to to put before Jesus those things that are hard for you right now. And next to them, put those things that are bring you the most joy. And then ask Jesus to come this year and redeem them for his glory and for his praise. Amen.